Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. What word would you yell to get the powers of Shazam? What? What word would you yell to get the powers of Shazam? I'm sorry. We just started the podcast. So you kind of <laughs> threw me off here. Um, I would probably say tally ho. Tally ho. I really like that. And I always like the, uh, the old, um, I don't remember exactly where that came from, but I always enjoyed that joke from Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's also part of the reason why I put that in my own book. Your best friend, tally ho. <laughs> what, would, what would you yell? I mean, cause Shazam's not a real word. It was made up. It's an acronym. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but yeah. it was made up. Yes. They came up with Shazam and then they made the acronym. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. So, I don't, we don't, do we have two hours to make an acronym? No, you don't have to make the acronym, <laughs> just the word. Um, what would yours be? Mine would probably be, I don't know, Great White North, Maple, probably something Canadian. You're going to shout Great White North before you go into a crime I'm, battle? I'm going to say, I'm going to say yes. Um, I mean, I do have a comic book series about Canadian superheroes. Great White North! So it feels, <laughs> feels like the move. It's no sillier than Shazam. That's let's be, a made up word. Let's be honest. Sorry, you just kind of threw me off there. And I think that's probably the perfect place to begin <laughs> this lesson. Right, Ashley? That's right. Hello and welcome to Geek History Lesson. I'm Ashley Victoria Robinson. And I'm Jason Tallyho Inman. Welcome to your Mind University. Welcome to Geek History Lesson because this is the podcast where we give you uh, everything you need to know about one character or one construct in a little bit less than an hour, a place that we call the Mind University. And today, we are talking about old Miss Mary Marvel, not Miss Shazam, Miss Mary well, Marvel. Maybe. Well, okay, sure. Maybe. Uh, you know, because you know, there's a there's a Shazam movie that mm-hmm. is coming out into mm-hmm. the theaters mm-hmm. very soon, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, every Mary Marvel is a member of the Shazam family. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, because of the new retcons and stuff, she's a big part of that movie. So we thought we'd give you her entire history before you saw that movie or after you saw that movie, even if you want to, you know, second chorus of Shazam. Yeah, there you go. I also want to give credit to uh, Tevin Davis from Patreon, who gave us that opening question. I thought it was a really great question. Uh, and by the way, if you're not a Patreon now... Um we're giving patrons an opportunity to be producerial over on Geek History Lesson Extra and give us all kinds of prompts. But I liked that question so much, I wanted to open the episode with it. So thank you, Tevin, for your question. Jason, shall we run into the 10 cent origin? Was this not suggested by anybody? There are no TAs on this. Shame on all of you. Well, but there's a research assistant on this. There is. And I had that later, but we can talk about it now. Our no, research give assistant the credit now. is Diego Nunez, who helped us out with all of our show notes um, and gave me a lot of good reading. So shout out to Diego. We will hear more from him as the episode goes along. Okay. Uh, so now we're time. We're ready to move into the ten cent origin. Yeah, what's that? Okay, that is where Ash is going to give you the Cliff Notes version of everything you need to know about this character. Yeah, so Mary Willow Batson, a.k.a. Mary Bromfield, a.k.a. Captain Marvel, Black Mary, Eep, Lady Shazam, and Mistress Shazam, is a Fawcett Comics human superhero who later became a DC Comics superhero who was created by Otto Binder and Mark Swayze. If you are not familiar, Fawcett Comics was a pre-existing superhero comics publisher that DC acquired, and their big hero was Captain Marvel. It's really all you know. That's why they live in Fawcett City sometimes. Her first appearance was in Captain Marvel Adventures number 18 in December of 1942. Her team affiliations include the Shazamily or the Captain Marvel family, Justice League and Justice Incarnate. And her abilities include, okay, before I go into the abilities, Jason, do you know the Shazam acronym? Do you know the gods? No, I, I know some of them. I don't know all of them off the top of my okay, head. Okay, I was going to say. I know if you Hercules could... is one of them. Uh-huh. Solomon is one of them. Uh-huh. Um, Atlas is one uh-huh. of them. Is Apollo one of them? No, you actually, you were closer to it before. I don't know what that means. It's okay. No, Atlas is one of them. There's another A, there's a Z, and there's an M. No, that's Zeus. Yep. 
I don't know the rest. You're missing Achilles and Mercury. Just tell us what they are. Uh, so it's the wisdom of Solomon, the strength of Hercules, the stamina of Atlas, the power, the power of Zeus, the courage of Achilles, the speed of Mercury, and she also has teleportation via the Rock of Eternity. <laughs> and she has been portrayed in live action by Michelle Borth and Grace Fulton. And Grace Fulton is the one who is reprising the role in the upcoming Shazam Fury of the Gods. She'll be playing Mary as both a human person and as a... Uh, a Shazam character as well. Mm. There will be no double this time. So that is your 10 cent origin on Mary Marvel. Mm -hmm. Now we move into the meet cute. Jason, what is the meet cute? That is where we talk about where we first meted and cuted these characters. Mm -hmm. So Ashley, where did you first meet Mary Marvel? Well, I'm going to tell you first about Diego. Sure. Our reacher's assistant. Yep. Yep. So we are going, Diego says, I actually have a fondness for Mary Marvel. So thank you for giving me the opportunity to research her. My first introduction to her was in the new 52 Shazam story, followed by GHL's own recommendation of Shazam, the Monster Society of Evil. That's a book club that we did a few years ago. Uh, so for me, I have I have no idea when I first heard about Mary Marvel or Shazam, really, Um the first Shazam story that I ever read was when we also read Jeff Smith's Shazam, the Monster Society of Evil for Geek History Lesson, um, episode number 253. So that I'm going to count that as my first time I was aware of her. But I mean, I knew that she had existed for a long time before then, but I'd never really read any of her adventures. So, Jason, what is your meet cute for Mary Marvel? Uh, it's Jerry Ordway's Great Power of the Shazam series, which from the 90s, which is uh, where he kind of took everything from the previous 50 years and made it condense into a very nice, very lovely history um, that is quite different than what you're seeing in the movies, but oh, yeah. is actually my preferred Shazam origin. There you go. So, yeah, it's uh, there's a couple volumes of it in print uh, mm -hmm. that you can find, but that's where I met Mar Mary Marvel. Great. Okay, shall we uh, roll right into the History 101? Yep, that's where Ashley's going to talk about Mary Marvel. That's right. Okay, so I have some like fun production history type facts before we get into her biography. Mary Marvel's initial design and personality were based on the actress Judy Garland, which I think is wild. Um, but also, I mean, Judy Garland is iconic, so good for her. She is sometimes known as the world's mightiest girl or the little red cheese. That's mostly in like the golden age era. Shazam is the big red cheese. The big cheese. red cheese. But I think the little red cheese, I'm, I think we should bring that back. I think that's really cute. She was named after Otto Bender's own preteen daughter when I he created yep. her. Mm -hmm. uh, and she is one of the first female spinoffs of a major male superhero. She even predates um, Supergirl, who's also created by Otto Bender, um, by a decade. So she's been around for a minute. Jason, uh, what do you think about the idea of male superheroes having female counterparts versus like Batman has Robin, so Shazam has a younger Mary Marvel? Oh, well, but Batman also eventually gets a female Robin. Yeah, 20-some. So yeah, and Batgirl 20-some years later. Um, so, I mean, I don't mind it. Um, it's it's a little weird, right? Because you have to, and it's the argument that happens with fans of should Batgirl and Batman have romantic feelings for each no, other? No, it's gross. I agree, but there are some fans that think that that people, is... People love it. Yeah. yeah. To me, you enter into a weird... Every side character, especially every side character that is female, yeah. right? I think there is a power dynamic there. Mm -hmm. So if you are Superman... And then your psychic is Supergirl. To me, that is, that states that since Superman was the original, mm -hmm. that you know he is the authority. Yeah. Same with Wonder Woman. Like if there were be, if there were to be a Wonder Boy, yeah. it would be the same thing. Like Wonder Woman would Wonder be Wonder Lad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it 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 does as long as we don't cross any weird. I'm gonna also say icky lines yeah. with it. Yeah, yeah. I'm fine with it. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm I'm actually like. I think my preferred version of this is something like Spider-Girl or even Spider-Woman where these characters are offshoots, but they're not related to the main character at all. Mm -hmm. So that's where I feel about this. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about Fawcett Comics a little, little bit. So Mary's origin on the Fawcett Comics side of things is pretty similar to what we will see in the future in Power of Shazam. That's the Jerry Ordway series that Jason kind of talked about in the beginning. Um, so... So that we're not sort of going over the same details, I'm going to just sort of share them here. And your job is to remember this after Crisis on Infinite Earths happens. So Mary and Billy Batson are biological brother and sister. And they were nursed by a woman named Sarah Prim. 
their parents died when they were young. Billy goes to an orphanage, but Mary ends up finding a nice home with a wealthy family and they change her name to Mary Brumfield. I don't know what adoption practices were like in the 1940s, but I know it is atypical now to break up siblings no matter how young they are. So, but that's what happened. So Billy ends up becoming a radio announcer, like all the cool hepcats of the 1940s. And along with his best friend, Freddie Freeman, they are imbued with the powers of the wizard Shazam, which are all the ones that we talked about already, Atlas and all of that. They call his name, they're struck by lightning, and they transform into the superheroes Captain Marvel and Elvis Presley's own favorite superhero, Captain Marvel Jr. Mm-hmm. Someday we'll do a lesson on Captain Marvel Jr., don't hold your breath. <laughs> well, just it'll just be nothing but Elvis references the whole time. Can we just do a Gihesh lesson on Elvis. It's basically the same thing. <laughs> About that time he wanted to be a secret agent. Yeah, I mean it might be a more wild adventure. I want a karate shop here, Nixon. Let's go. <laughs> Mary and Billy are reunited as teenagers. She mm-hmm. learns about Billy's powers and rationalizes that because they're brother and sister, she also has the power. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly she transforms into Mary Marvel. Like, no circumstance. Doesn't go, like, down in the subway or anything. Just, like, boom, she's Mary Marvel. Um, Interestingly, and this only happens in the Fawcett comics, this is not something that port over. Her powers are not derived from the same mythological figure. So it's not Atlas and Achilles and Zeus and Hercules. Her powers actually come from a bunch of female uh, goddesses. So she has a different acronym. She does have a different acronym. Interesting. So the Shazam acronym, I'm going to remind you again, wisdom of Solomon, strength of Hercules, stamina of Atlas, power of Zeus, courage of Achilles, and speed of Mercury. Um, so we're mostly going with the less interesting Roman naming traditions for these characters. Mary's come from the grace of Selene, the strength of Hippolyta, the skill of Ariadne, which is later retconned to Artemis because Ariadne is a nymph, the fleetness of Zephyrus, the beauty of Aurora, which is also later retconned to the beauty of Aphrodite because Mm -hmm. again, Aurora is a nymph, and the wisdom of Minerva. I would like to point out... Minerva? All right. I would like to point out that one, grace, beauty, how dare... How dare you hold those up as important in superheroing? Mm-hmm. Um, we're also now mixing Greek and Roman names because yeah. we have Artemis and Aphrodite and Minerva. So we're playing like Lucy Goosey in terms of it's the 1940s. Yeah, what her names are supposed to be, but I, I, I can tell. You know, that they are trying something, but also like TLDR, Zephyrus is actually a male god, not a goddess. I think they someone just looked at a list of names and said that looks feminine to me, even though U.S., if you know anything about Latin, that is a male um, declarative. Um, and Mary's powers don't really account for a lot of the other superhero traits that like Captain Marvel in particular is known for like there's no invulnerability there's no stamina there's no courage given here Mm -hmm. uh, which are like key tenets of a Superman a type archetype even though obviously these characters predate um, Superman but um, as as Diego notes you got to give Otto Binder credit for being thoughtful enough to try Mm -hmm. (laughs) and for making the effort to have them be goddesses so like I I tip my hat to Otto Binder for that but I'm going to give him like a 6 out of 10 for the final product Jason do you prefer the idea that her powers come from goddesses versus traditionally male or almost all female goddesses versus male gods? I think it should have just had the same acronyms as Billy. I, I, Otto, I know you were under like weekly deadlines here, so I can't believe you went to all this extra effort. Um, Also, you know, you were writing Legion of Superheroes a lot during this time period as well. So, um, you know, just you should have saved yourself the trouble. (laughs) <laughs> should have seen yourself the trouble. Yeah, yeah. I'm sending this message back to Otto Bender and hopefully uh-huh. we rewrite the timeline by the end of this episode. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. That would be fascinating. Yeah. Check back at the beginning of this episode when, yep. uh, when we're about 45 minutes in. Let's see if the timeline changes. Let's see if Ashley's notes change, change in the recording of this episode. Well, they're shared with nobody, so they probably won't. I, I agree with you. I'm like a, absolute A for effort, but I think when you're crafting a superhero universe, simpler is is better. Yeah. Okay, so now we're going to basically jump ahead to the power of Shazam era. I mm-hmm. know people are screaming into their phones right now. They're screaming at their computers. They're throwing their pet cats across the room and being like, you are skipping so much in comic book publication history and my friends 
You're absolutely right. And that should tell you, as I think we pointed out a lot, this unfortunately happens with a lot of um, female characters and BIPOC characters, minority characters. It pretty much stays the same until around the modern era of comics well, because Golden Age comics and Silver Age comics are a little bit rinse, rinse, wash, repeat. Also, there's a lot of weird copyright stuff going on with these characters during gonna, this era as well. I was well. going to say, let me bring up the the Fawcett comics of it all. Please because do. Mary Marvel, as if you've listened to our regular episode on Shazam, Mary Marvel was a Fawcett comics character, not a DC comics yep. character. Shazam actually was called Captain Marvel at the time. Yes, we are calling, yep. we are going with Shazam because Shazam is the current branding and the yep. current film. Yes, he's not really called Captain Marvel anymore. Um, even though For I know, obvious reasons. I know Mark Wade is trying to get him called the Captain. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he, he now says his own name to get his own powers, even that's also the name of... The wizard. Anyways, they were Fawcett comics characters. Captain Marvel actually outsold Superman. It was in the 1950s for a time the most popular comic book character. They were a competitor to Superman. DC Comics got really mad about that. Eventually, Fawcett Comics went out of business. DC bought them out of spite, basically, and then didn't publish Captain Marvel yep. for a while. Then yep. they came back in the 70s. They were very convoluted because they tried to smash this entire history into the DC universe, and it was kind of a giant mess mm-hmm. and didn't make any sense until. The early 90s when Jerry Ordway decided to be like, I'm going to fix this. <laughs> I'm going to do this series called The Power of Shazam. Yeah. It's going to bring back all the Fawcett comics history, but we're going to figure out a way to gel it into the DC universe to where it works. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest with you, I think he's still the only one that's ever done it. That's made me feel that like Captain Marvel belongs to the DC universe. Absolutely. I actually think he really doesn't. I'll give you, I'll give you my hottest take. I absolutely agree with that. And yeah. I like Mary Marvel a yeah. lot. Um, and here's my other hot take. Superman's always been better. Yeah. Than Shazam. Yeah. But Shazam, <laughs> Shazam to me is like, uh, Captain Marvel is one of these characters that, um, by the way, I also remember that when we, we did, when we did our Shazam episode, uh-huh. our Captain Marvel episode, we got so many comments from people that they were like, oh, stop calling him Shazam, call him Captain Marvel. I mean, I'm telling you right um, now, I we will not. Um, <laughs> at this point, I don't care. It's your preference, and this is the choice that we're making. Yeah, if you want to write that comment, go shut up. No, Anyways, uh, <laughs> you know what I'm going to do? No, no. I'm going to put up a poll on the on the at GHL podcast, Are and you? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do two polls. I'm going to do um, Captain Marvel v Shazam, which name do you like better? Uh-huh. So you can air all your grievances. I hope you're writing this down. Are all your grievances there? I've already scheduled these. Um, <laughs> and I'm also going to put up the poll. Well done, past Ashley. Thank you. Uh, yesterday, Ashley. I'm also going to put up the poll. Um, who has better, which which character is more interesting, uh, Superman or, or Superman? Yeah, but like this character and yeah. Mary Marvel yeah, yeah, yeah. should exist in their own universe. They're uh, much the, more interesting Earth in their own Fawcett, universe. Earth Fawcett, yeah, 100%. Yep. 100%. Yeah. So, okay, so we are now in the 90s. Yeah. That basically got you there. This is the stuff that really. This matters. is the stuff that really matters. A hundred percent. Look, we we try to keep these to an hour. I'm trying. To, I'm doing this for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so um, similar to a lot of characters from Fawcett Comics, the Shazamily is brought back in the 1970s. They made some appearances. Yeah. Nothing very noteworthy until Crisis on Infinite Earths, which, as we know, is an event that reset the DC universe. Jason, three sentences or less. What is Crisis on Infinite? We're Earths? just gonna say it reset the DC universe. You said you said it right there. Let's not complicate this any more than it needs to be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to recall our bits no. it's called a callback Ma- mary is going to be very complicated so let's keep it simple <laughs> <laughs> keep it simple stupid got it yeah. <laughs> that's a simpsons quote it's yeah, okay yeah, 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 yeah. um <laughs> and if you recall from our black adam episode mm-hmm. um billy's parents cc and marilyn batson are assigned to an expedition in egypt with their associate theo adam mm-hmm. uh a, as a derivative or as i like to call him theatum theatum Thadam. Uh They brought along their young daughter, Mary, but Billy stayed behind with his uncle Dudley. Um, fun fact, in a lot of versions, Uncle Dudley's like um, a stage magician. And, and he also has superpowers. He sometimes has superpowers. Yeah, Uncle Dudley. And, and a talking bunny. Yeah, baby. Theo kills Cece and Marilyn in an attempt to take the tomb of Black Adam and kidnaps Mary. She's just like, I was only here for the sunshine. When they return to America, Theo hands Mary over to his sister, a maid named named Sarah Prim. That's the name of their nursemaid from Fawcett Comics Times. Feeling tremendous guilt for what her brother had done, she makes arrangements for her employer, Nick and Nora Brumfeld, to illegally adopt Mary. So we once again get the name Mary Brumfeld or Brumfield. I've never heard it said out loud before. I'm not going to lie. 
She grows up living an idyllic life of, with a wealthy family. So like, honestly, a little bit of trauma and then she gets life on easy street. But she continuously dreams of another family with a brother that she vaguely remembers. Hmm. <laughs> well, she forgot her brother so easily. <laughs> She's quite young. She's like, you know, arguably like four or five. Sure. So maybe her brain's really squishy. Billy, meanwhile, has been going through his own adventures to become Shazam and discovers that his sister is still alive. And he spends four years searching for her, doesn't really find her, but he does find Mary's favorite toy, a Talkie Tawny doll. Uh, which is a callback to Talkie Tawny, the talking tiger from Fawcett Comics era. Uh, Mary arrives in Fawcett City with Miss Prim to attend a regional spelling bee. And she is run up to and embraced by Billy, the strange boy who kind of looks like her, runs across a room and throws himself into her arms. And I have to say, she bears it with really good grace. When they meet, they both have this sense of connection and they just can't shake it. And after the spelling bee, because of course she still has to compete in the spelling bee, Mary's an overachiever. That's uh -huh. one of the things that I like mm -hmm. best about her. She's good at literally, she's good at school, she's good at activity, she's good at superhero. T-E-E-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-
While Miss Prim is distracted, Mary finds a discarded uh, package with her name on it. She opens it to find that Takitani has come to life as a full-size tiger. um, And that he tells her that Billy is her brother and that Billy is in trouble. And in order to save him, all she has to do is say the magic words. Please. Please and thank you. And always eat your vegetables, especially your broccoli. How are you going to grow up to be a ninja if you don't eat the crust on your bread? As the kidnappers break into her room, Mary shouts Shazam, transforms into an almost doppelganger of her deceased mother with superpowers. So in this initial retconning, she, like Shazam, is a more adult version of herself, even though that's abandoned pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. She rescues her brother and gives him the opportunity to reveal himself and become Captain Marvel. They team up. They defeat the thugs. They hug. They are reunited not only as actual brother and sister, but as super brother and sister, I guess. As weird versions of our mom and our dad. Yeah, but also we definitely can't kiss. Fun fact about this series, though. Mary is referred to as Captain Marvel as well during this time. Both Mary and Billy. I like that. Are both Captain Marvels. And uh, Jerry Ordway actually rationalized that Mary Marvel felt like an illogical moniker. That's what he said. Jerry Ordway is the creator writer of The Power of Shazam. We should make yes. that clear. Um, as the female Captain Marvel has the exact same powers from the exact same source. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that's really interesting because... There are a lot of female superhero names that can feel really, really uninspiring, like Supergirl, She-Hulk, stuff like that. So, Jason, I want to ask what your thoughts are on the name Mary Marvel right after this. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. We are back on GHL. We are talking Mary Marvel. Jason, do we like the name? Mary Marvel? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's fine. It's not really much of a secret identity. But although I will say that as you introduced it, as you said this, I actually kind of think Billy Marvel's not a bad name. Interesting. Actually, and it, Billy Marvel is actually kind of a neat little code name for Shazam. And it would fix the issue of him being named after the wizard or mm-hmm. like they need to just call the wizard, the wizard and he Shazam. Although it's weird that he says, again, this whole name thing is so complicated. It is, it is the it, way they get uh, their powers. I will, I will absolutely agree. Unnecessarily complicated. Well, it's just, look, I like these characters mm-hmm. and I do think that they are, they are in some really good stories. It's just sad that like now we're mirrored in this whole thing of like, well, wait, what's their name? Is their name Shazam or is it Captain Thunder or is it the captain or is it Captain Marvel or like what? How, why does he say his own name? If he gets his powers, that's going to be possible because people are just going to say Shazam to him left, right and center. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, Mary Marvel, the alliteration of it's pretty good. It's very Stanley, in my opinion. So he wanted to call Jerry Ordway wanted to call her just Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. So all of them would just be Captain Marvel. Yeah, Jerry Ordway was ahead of We Simply Have Three Flashes, ah, <laughs> if you okay. think about it. Jerry Ordway, uh, legendary comic book writer, trendsetter. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Would it offend you in any way if the Marvel family just had different ranks? Like if there was an Admiral Marvel and a Commander Marvel huh, and, a, I don't think and, a, so. and a, um Lieutenant Marvel? Yeah. Like if, that's, if that was what their... Yeah, I don't don't necessarily, I don't, I think that's a fine solution. I don't have a better idea for it, Uh but I think what's interesting, and I I, I think this lesson is is more, maybe more illuminating on it because it's Mary, because it's a female character. Um, The Shazamily is so mired in their golden age origins, Mm -hmm. and they are one of the few superheroes that like kind of hasn't evolved past that. So, um, 
For example, if you read the new champion of Shazam, we're uh, in current continuity at the time of this recording. Mary is Shazam. Yeah. Um, it still feels very silly compared to a lot of other contemporary comic books, which is wild because like I read Batman comics. So it's very silly at yeah. all times. Well, they've always um, had that golden age sheen to them. Even Power Shazam like She still feels has a talking like rabbit in this modern series. Yeah. And she, when she goes away to university, she kind of wants to reinvent herself. So she calls herself Marina because she thinks it sounds a little more adult. Russian and mysterious and all that. And, and I would actually be really, it doesn't stick. It sticks for like a half an issue. But initially I was like, oh, that's a really interesting way because to me, Mary is very uh, early half of the 20th century pre-boomer culture name. It's not like a young person's name. Oh, that's but, fair. But also if your name is Mary and then your superhero name is Mary, it's like Jean Grey. It's I like, agree. It's like Jean Grey's code name being Jean Grey. Now some nice 14 year old's going to tweet at me and be like, my name's Mary and I'm going to be, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I was going to say like, I, I don't think Mary's that much of an odd name, but I don't think it's an odd name, but I do think it's a, uh, it's, I do look, think it's, it's, it's uh, a look, lady of a certain age's name. <laughs> it's, it's no Gertrude. Okay. Uh, I mean, but if how her name was many, Gertrude, I would feel the same way. Gertrude Marvel. Gertrude Stein. <laughs> Gertrude Stein Marvel. <laughs> Gertrude Marvel. Gertrude Marvel. All right. Captain Gertrude. Okay. So. Mary and Billy, they live in with their foster parents. They're having a good time. But Mary's a teenager. So Mary's moody. So Mary gets into an argument with her foster parents and she runs away and she runs away to the city of Leesburg. Jason, does Leesburg in the 1990s evoke anything for you as a DC Comics fan? Uh, It's Supergirl's hometown. It is. OK, yep. so I didn't know that yep. Mary Marvel and Supergirl had this like girls trip adventure together. Mm -hmm. um, this was a really fun thing that Diego brought up in our research. Um, and I'm going to tell you all about it right now. So she runs into Linda Danvers. Linda Danvers was Supergirl at the time. Was Supergirl's code name at the time. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you're confused about that, please go check out our Supergirl episode. We go into the retcons well, deeply. Real quick, post-crisis, they decided to not make Supergirl Kara Zor-El. Yeah. They made her a person from a different universe. Yes. And she had the secret identity of Linda Danvers. Now, Linda Danvers is one of the secret identities that Supergirl had yes. in the Silver Age. But... For the 90s, she was Linda she Danvers. She was Linda Danvers. Yeah. That's, that's all you need mm -hmm. to know. They meet as just regular teenagers, and they bond over their angst towards their parents. It's it's like a really sweet... Their meeting is very genuine. You kind of yeah. get to see that they really do like each other, and they do have empathy. So they head to the mall to hang out. Let's <laughs> a, go to, to the, the mall. mall. the 1990s. <laughs> uh, while Mary is on her own, she's window shopping. She's looking at jewelry. This cop comes up out of nowhere and accuses her of theft. He's like, hey, kids, stop stealing. He takes her outside. But the next thing you know, Mary transforms into Mary Marvel and chases the police officer away, calling him a pig and threatening to rip him apart, which honestly, a power move. <laughs> Linda, who had since transformed into Supergirl, intervenes. Uh, Mary talks about the incident um, and it, it pretty heavily implies that the police officer assaulted her or implied that he would insult her, like or was going to. Her. Yeah, like it's all very below level. But for two young female superheroes in the 90s, the 90s it's, comic book, we could only do so much. It's, yeah, but, but it's quite. Yeah. Uh, aware, I guess I will say. Um, so she explains what happened and the story kind of has a Rashomon effect from this point forward. If you're not familiar with Rashomon, you have film homework to do. Um, but basically it's telling the same story over and over again from a different character's perspective in order to give you, the audience, a complete picture of what actually happened. So in this case, Mary tells her perspective. The cop tells his perspective. We have seen Supergirl's perspective. Uh, and by the end, you get a fuller picture of what happened. So her account of the incident is that as Mary was with the cop, he led her to his patrol car. She asked if they were heading to the police station. He leers at her and says, quote, first, I have to see what you've got under there, unquote, gives her um, quite, quite a look. Uh, that panel, I think, will live in infamy. Um, he puts his hand on her shoulder. She fights him back. He yells out, oh, good. I needed a struggle. She runs. He tells her there's no use resisting. You'll only make it work worse on yourself. And then that's when Mary transforms into uh, Mary Marvel and chases him away. Mm -hmm. The cop's version is that he claimed that he mistook Mary for a different girl, believing that she was the one um, that he had seen shoplifting. 
he thought that because she was nervous um, that she could have been the perp that he was after. When asked if they were going to the police police station, he says, first, I've got to see what you've got on you, claiming that he was patting her down and that Mary was fighting back. And then he kind of frowns and mutters, oh, great, like I need a good struggle. Um, shouts that resisting an officer would only make it worse. And then Mary Marvel appears out of nowhere and kicks his butt. Unfortunately, because of the law, this is chalked up to like a he said, she said, as Mary doesn't have any witnesses to her account. But many people saw what she did to the police. So she looks like a superhero who took her powers out on someone who was just trying to do his job. Mary, as you might imagine, is pretty upset by this. Uh, Supergirl tries to act as a mediator for both sides. And to this story's credit, it doesn't devalue Mary. Like the story doesn't tell you that she's wrong ever. She adamantly stands up to her story and does not apologize for it. The cop also doesn't budge on his story. So there isn't a lot that can be done. Uh, Nothing ultimately happens. Mary is released. She goes back to Fawcett City and her parents and is like, sorry, I ran away to the next town over. Uh, The story ends up with the policeman sitting by himself, telling himself that he didn't do anything wrong. But he keeps reflecting on the incident. And then uh, you see him with his head in his hands, crying as if he thought that maybe he did do something wrong. Um, I don't want to get too deep on this or too political on this but in the 90s there was a lot of um upheaval and social concern around policing and particularly um amidst like third wave feminism and i i also i love seeing these two characters team up but i also love that this story like dared to tackle some of those issues Mm -hmm. and i wanted to bring it up because i think it's really easy to dismiss shazam elite characters as being golden age and very silly kind of like i did at the beginning so mary marvel met supergirl they went to the mall and then we all learned a lesson from it. Yeah. And it's actually kind of impressive. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I don't know. Again, I, I'm not familiar with this exact issue, but this feels like a Peter David issue. It is. Peter David was the one who wrote Supergirl at the time. Yep. And, and it crossed over into the Supergirl. Yeah. And he is a writer that also tends to push the envelope when he can. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think stories like that are important in comic books. Yeah, I agree. Okay, now I'm going to tell you about a story called formerly known as the Justice League. Jason, are you familiar with this? I guess. Maybe. I'm not certain. (laughs) Tell me about it. Maybe I will be. Okay, so you know Maxwell Lord? I do. You know my most favorite of all Justice League characters, Maxwell Lord. Uh, Businessman who wants to own a Justice League, played by the lovely and beautiful Pedro Pascal. Yes, in in a in a in a truly horrific wig. <laughs> yes, but in and a truly amazing, amazing performance. performance. But like an absolutely criminal. Oh, a meme hairpiece. still still meme to this day performance. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this is at the time he's not a bad guy yet. If you're familiar with Max Lord, so he's just business guy. Actually, right we now. all know he was always a bad guy. Well, uh, main, main mainstream comics continuity didn't know deep down inside. Um, but before he became a bad guy, he was the liaison for the Justice League International. Mm-hmm. Um, Which means he paid their bills. Yeah, he was their manager. The Justice yeah. League International was a team in the 80s that featured mid to low tier characters, um, but was led by my icons, Blue Beetle, Booster Gold, Fire and Ice. Um, other characters that crossed over into Justice League International, Batman, Martian, Manhunter and Guy Gardner. Shazam! Yes, and Guy Gardner. Mm -hmm. Look, (laughs) we will have no Guy Gardner support on this podcast. Yeah, we will. He's a cool character. (laughs) I'm just waiting for uh, Jeremy Skinner to wake up suddenly. Someone's talking bad about Guy Gardner. (laughs) Uh, This series is often comedic in tone as opposed to the JLA series or the Justice League series at the time, which were very serious. And is affectionately known as the Bahaha Justice League, yeah. uh, one of my favorite Justice Leagues of all time. So Maxwell Lord is looking to get the band back together and to reform um, and to call them the Super Buddies, the heroes for the common man. Jason, you and I really love the Bahaha Justice League. So I want to know, should there always be, do you think, um, an offset or a spinoff book of the Justice League that's yes. lighter and more humorous? Yes. I don't. It doesn't always have to be called Justice League International. Mm-hmm. It also doesn't always have to be comedic, but there should always be like a B team of the Justice League. Like we should just always have our JLA book mm-hmm. and then we should have our Justice League task force or Justice League Support squad. Yeah, whatever. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Maxwell Lord, he's got this robot assistant named Elron. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, L-R-O-N. I think if you're into science fiction, you can probably guess who that's a reference to. Out to recruit new members to the Wahaha Justice League because he's building this Justice League for the first time, uh, including Billy Batson, who refuses to join. And Mary's like, you know what? I've got nothing else going on. And I'm a female character. And you couldn't possibly have wanted to recruit me. So I'll volunteer. So that's how Mary gets it's in between spelling bees invo- involved in <laughs> That's why she doesn't. <laughs> Can I tell you, I have never, ever competed in a smelling bee. Well, that's your loss, Ashley, because they're, they're a fun competition. <laughs> Are they? No, not really. I've <laughs> been in a couple. What word do you think Mary gets most uh, caught up on? Scrumtrelescent. Sh- Shazam? <laughs> no, scrumtrelescent. Is that a real word? No. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a real word now, I think, but Sarah Live uh, coined that term. Oh. Scrumtrelescent. Scrumtrelescent. Go Google it. You'll figure out what I'm talking about real quick. Okay. It's nothing dirty or anything like that. It's from a Will Ferrell sketch. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it. it's nonsense. Uh, so Mary kind of has a hard time fitting in with mm-hmm. this new Justice League. She does not like Captain Adam, um, who is a superhero who literally has a nuclear bomb. And technically outranks inside her. Inside his body. <laughs> um, you like Captain Adam, though. I do. Um, despite the wisdom of Solomon and her invulnerability, she believes that she would be subjected to radiation poisoning by working in close proximity to him. And I have to say, she's right. Not a bad thing to be afraid. Of. She's actually right. Mary's pretty smart. And I think this is incredibly justified. Most Captain Adam stories. And this is pr- the problem with the character is that most Captain Adam stories are he gets punched real hard and then he's like, oh, my God, I'm going to blow up. And yeah. the whole story becomes about him blowing up. Yeah. Yeah. It's happened multiple times. Uh, When it comes to Fire, who is a superheroine who can manifest herself into pure green fire, uh, she quickly finds Mary annoying because Mary is an actual child. Well, she's a teenager. She tells her, and I quote, you're sickeningly sweet, unbearably naive and nauseatingly prudish, which is a very mean thing to say. It's a huge drag. But also winks at that original Golden Age Fawcett era. Again, that the Shazam... 100%. Again, it's interesting. It's not until the modern day that the Shazam family becomes cool like... Cool hip cats. Cool hip cats. Yeah. They used to be kind of like the Lamos. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and Fire often refers to her as Mary Poppins, mm-hmm. uh, which Mary actually doesn't mind because she really likes Disney. And then Fire gets mad that Mary isn't mad enough at her being called Mary Poppins. Um... Diego um, asked this question, which I thought was really great. And I want to bring up and he says, well, looking into this series, it made me think about the inconsistencies of comic book characters and their personality, which obviously is not uncommon, especially with female characters and other characters who don't become more popular. So I'm curious, generally speaking, do you have any perception of what Mary is like as a character or do you like this take on her? Well, what's the we explain just because what's what is this Just League International take on her? So this Justice League International character take on her is that she's like, like you said, kind of a stick in the mud, kind of old fashioned, kind of naive and maybe not well liked. Well, I mean, if you've read any Shazam comic books, people out there, the the real thing is, is that Mary is the older sister. Yes. Mary is Mary is Barbara Gordon. That's very, yes, very well stated. And when you look at Mary is the school marm. Yeah. Barbara is the librarian. Mm-hmm. They, they're a little bit brainy. They're a little bit smarter. They were basically invented as a foil to whenever Billy did like the goofy stuff that a 12 year old boy does. She could be like, oh, come on, Billy. You should be more adult than that. Mm-hmm. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't make her as prudish as like maybe this story made her. But like when you look at the cast of characters, when you have people like Booster Gold and Fire and Guy Gardner in your team, yeah, you the only way you make a character stand out is by making them the opposite, by making them sort of prudish. Mm-hmm. Um, that is the opposite of all those three. And also, um, for any of our, uh, you know, um, aspiring writers out there, that's exactly how you create drama because it's mm-hmm. opposites. Um, I, you know, yeah, she's Barbara Gordon to me. Um, but also like, that's the problem with characters being written by several different types of writers. Uh, your strongest writer is tied to your weakest writer and every writer is going to have a different opinion on, on, and every fan and Mm -hmm. every reader is going to have a different opinion on how characters should act or talk. And none of them are right. And none of them are wrong. Yeah, I appreciate that in this team dynamic, they're trying to have her be different than Shazam because typically when Shazam is on a Justice League team, he is the um, immature one mm-hmm. because he's a 10-year-old inside the body of a, a 45-year-old or mm-hmm. whatever. So I appreciate that they were trying to do something different than that with Mary, but I do think Mary does get 
a little bit shafted. And I think your comparison to Barbara Gordon is so spot on, especially with the way they characterize her now mm-hmm. um, with the with the Shazamily laid out the way that it is. And I, I honestly wish that they had embraced that more. And because you evoked Barbara Gordon, I was like, why? I wish she'd had more of a relationship with Ted Cord. I wish he'd become maybe a mentor to her. I, th- I think that would be really, really fun. Okay, so uh, Maxwell Lord, he's still um, he's still trying to brand this new Justice League. So he makes a commercial and he promotes the heroes for the common man. And it refers to Mary as not quite Supergirl, but close. And I just think that that's really, really sad. <laughs> okay, so... At the end of the series, Fire, Booster Gold, and Blue Beetle managed to help Mary escape because she's kidnapped and brainwashed, and the team is able to come together to save Captain Adam at Star Labs. So by the end of the book, even though Mary does get kidnapped, she finally becomes a full-fledged member of the team and is an important part in their final mission. Okay, now we're going to come up against Infinite Crisis. Jason, what is Infinite Crisis? It's an event where a character that hadn't existed for 20 years punches a hole in reality (laughs) and brings back the multiverse. That is so true. In the DC continuity, because the DC continuity at this point, they said that there was only one universe. And then after this event, they were like, no, there are 52 universes. Yes. So they're redoing the multiverse, which means... In any comics universe where we're readdressing the multiverse, anything that can go wrong will go wrong because the Spectre, a.k.a. the God of Vengeance, um, is coerced by Eclipso, an incarnation of God's wrath, to go on a rampage and destroy all magic users. What's important about this is all of the Shazam characters derive their powers from the wizard Shazam. All of their powers are magic-based. So, and, and I don't know if you're going to bring this up. They get their powers from the Rock of Eternity, where the wizard Shazam lives, and the Spectre destroys the rock of eternity he absolutely does so you might not remember this we did talk about this a little bit in our dr fate episode um captain marvel is kind of presented as one of the champions to take on the specter the specter successfully destroys the rock of eternity and kills the wizard shazam Mm -hmm. like jason mentioned so a bunch of match users have to get together to rebuild the rock of eternity Uh, Billy then takes on the mantle of the new wizard Shazam because there is no wizard Shazam. And he gets a cool white costume. It's rad. It's really, it's a Mm -hmm. really cool costume. While this is happening, various members of the Shazamily are off doing various things that are required of them at any given time. Mary is mid-flight, loses her powers, and falls three miles to the ground. Yes. Also, before we get back to Mary, I also want to bring up, we were talking about Freddie Freeman, uh, Captain Marvel Jr. earlier. There is a really great series drawn by Howard Porter written by Judd Winnick called The Trials of Shazam. It's a mm-hmm. 12-issue miniseries. It's so out of print, but I think you can find it on Comixology. You can. Highly recommended. That is where Freddie Freeman has to go through all these trials to become the new Captain Marvel. Okay, so I'm so glad that you brought that yeah. up because um, miraculously, and because this is comic books, of course, Mary survives. Mm-hmm. Just, she lifts through the three-mile drop to the ground, uh, but she does. We're going to start getting into the period of Mary Marvel that I like the least. Well, uh, you gird yourself. I know. Yep. <laughs> uh, she ends up in a coma for months and months and months. Um, and Freddie has to step up and eventually he will sort of ascend to this leadership role in the Captain Marvel family. Yes. And this is where they, this is for my memory and I could be wrong. This is where they started just calling him Shazam. Yes. This is the yeah. beginning mm-hmm. of that. Uh, it kind of waffles back and forth. Yeah. And then the new 52 is actually the thing that kind of cements mm-hmm. Uh, that as the branding moving forward. When she does wake up, Mary finds herself alone. Freddie had disappeared. She didn't know where Billy was, that he was off being the wizard and couldn't be around anymore. Uh, her magic no longer works for her. So she has to seek guidance on what she should do with her life and how she should try to reconnect to the source of her power. So, of course, she visits with Madame Xanadu. Uh, Madame Xanadu, witchy magic user in the DC universe. She likes laying down tarot cards. She does. Any stereotypes you ever heard about witches are <laughs> executed through the character of Madame Xanadu. She reveals that dark days are coming for Mary and that she will be tested. Mary will gain great power, but it is uncertain if the power will be for the light or the darkness. And it's around this time that Mary's drawn to Gotham 
And in typical Gotham fashion, upon arriving, she's chased by random hoodlums. They lead her into the abandoned Condock Embassy, which is important because Condock is where? Who is from, Jason? Black Adam. Yes. And, you know, it might shock you to learn that he's uh, lurking around that very embassy because his... Because um, of convenience. Because his wife had died recently and he was trying to resurrect her. You can listen to our Black Adam episode. We will tell you more about that. He doesn't like that all these people have run into his embassy. He rips the hoodlands limb from limb and then he sees Mary and he's going to kill her too. But she pleads with him um, that she was called there and perhaps there's something bigger at play. And she begs for her old life back. And Adam, probably because he's kind of sad, takes pity on her and he shares his powers with her. So she tests the power out on a demon that is summoned from a fragment of the Rock of Eternity. And she has this sense of brutality and destruction and is immediately concerned. And before she could finish the creature off, the lightning strikes and then she just disappears all the way back to the Rock of Eternity. She's taken back to the Rock of Eternity, greeted by her brother, where she learns finally that he is the new wizard Shazam. He explains that Freddy's away doing a bunch of trials and that if he succeeds, he will be the new chosen champion, Captain Marvel. Mary demands where she fits in the new status quo. Maybe she thinks that as the older sister and the one who's been around longer, she should be the new champion instead of Freddy. Maybe I agree with her. <laughs> Billy tells her that perhaps her destiny was to no longer have powers, that maybe she's supposed to have a normal life. And he points out that the new powers that she's acquired has changes her, which honestly feels like gaslighting. <laughs> it's not a very nice thing to do to your sister when she's coming to you for help. She becomes the fen defensive and she wants to prove Billy wrong and turns out to be the best magic user in the DC or turns to the best magic user in the DC universe, Zatanna. So Zatanna takes Mary to her ancestral home in Shadowcrest and there she teaches her how to learn the secrets of the occult and expand her, mu her music, her powers. Mary falsely suspects that Zatanna is trying to steal her power and winds up attacking her mentor, and Zatanna has to banish Mary from ever returning to Shadowcrest. Mary then ends up working with Clarion the Witch Boy, and he agrees to help her control her powers in exchange for a small fraction of them, but he's actually trying to steal all of her powers for him. Self. And as the series progresses, Mary goes down a progressively darker and darker path, becoming jaded and eventually falling under the influence of Darkseid, ultimately becoming a vessel for his servant, Desaad. Now, Jason, we're going to get back to Mary on the good side of things, and we're going to get back to exploring what that means right after this. Geek History Lesson, we are back talking about Mary Marvel. She fell from grace, and now we're going to raise her back up again through the power of the New 52. Jason, what is the New 52? That is where DC rebooted every single character in their universe except for Batman and said, here's 50 new, new titles. Welcome. Yes. So in this era, Jeff Johns is the one who is responsible for bringing Shazam Lee back into the mainstream. Mary in this universe is Mary Brumfield. She has always been Mary Brumfield. She will never be anything else than Mary Brumfield. You thought she was Mary Batson? Absolutely not. Put that thought right out of your head. Billy and Mary are no longer siblings. They are only ever related as foster siblings. And they have several other foster siblings, including Freddie Freeman, who suffers from a neurological disorder. Um, you often see him with crutches or having a hard time walking. Eugene Choi, Darla Dudley, and Pedro Pena. And they live under the care of Victor and Rosa Vasquez. If you have read any Shazam comics in the last 10 years or so, or if you have seen the Shazam movie, these are the group of Shazam kids that you are familiar with. This is where the movie takes a lot of its inspiration from. So her new backstory, because we can't have it be the new 52 without a retcon, is that Mary grew up in an abusive home and she ran away at a young age. She's always running away. I didn't realize how much running away she did until, until this lesson. She's picked up by the police and sent to an orphanage. She is the second child to be adopted by the Vasquez family after Freddie. When Billy is imbued with the wizard's powers and became Shazam, because he's no longer called Captain Marvel at any point from this point forward, he is only Shazam and only ever has been Shazam, he faces off against Black Adam, who threatens to kill him and his siblings if Billy doesn't surrender all of his powers. Shocker, Billy shares his powers with his siblings, and Mary becomes Lady Shazam, thus creating the Shazam family. I have to say, 
one of my least favorite names she ever has. Yeah, but we got to talk about that. This is the interesting thing. And this is the thing that you see in the movies that there had always been a Shazam family. There's always been like Uncle Dudley and stuff like that. And this was a very interesting way to update the Shazam family. And it's kind of interesting that that is what like the movies picked on too as well to, to do this idea of like, no, they are going to be this like group of siblings. That's what Shazam, and that's how we're going to make them unique. Mm -hmm. um, I actually think that this is my favorite part of this new retconned origin, the idea that it's a group of kids and that they all share the powers and that they all share the powers. I think it's a very interesting update. Mm hmm. Uh, and because Billy is a little boy with a lot of powers, he goes on a rampage and he kind of turns into a character called the Shazam who laughs and basically becomes a jokerized version of himself. And Mary has to go on a quest to stop him, proving to comic book readers that there's no original idea on this planet. Um, Mary comes across one of the Greek gods who and they give him they give her their powers and that is atlas atlas warns her that shazam is on a war path and that they will lash out against any gods that he can find so mary has to find billy who is fighting a war with the gods which means he's fighting directly with Ares, getting into wonder woman territory here and mary has to intervene as the two are fighting and tag team to take down the Shazam who laughs. So Shazam manages to defeat Ares, but plays on Mary's emotions and tricks her into believing that he has some inner turmoil when really he wanted her guard down so that he could defeat her. Um, and at this time, this is the beginning also of the Batman who laughs storyline. Um, so this is, it, it gets planted actually in the Shazam book. But they all eventually get better. The Jokerized versions of all these characters go away. There's a sort of reset. The reset causes the Rock of Eternity to be displaced in a different realm in the underworld at this time. And because of this, it causes a disconnect amongst Billy and the Shazam family from their powers, which is wild because they've never really had a problem tapping into their powers because of their proximity to the Rock of Eternity. Billy leaves his family because he's not quite sure what value he has to them if he's not Shazam. Then Mary becomes the chosen new champion of Shazam. DC Comics, for the first time, lets her turn 18. They send her to Vassar University, a very legendary female-driven, female-forward university, for about 11 pages. And then they yank her back, put her in Fawcett Community College, uh, kidnap her parents and say, you are now Shazam. <laughs> and this launched a series called The New Champion of Shazam, which debuted in 2022. The last issue at the time of this recording only came out a month and a half ago. So I'm not going to spoil what happens in it. I'm not sure yet if it's going to turn into an ongoing series. Uh, it is drawn by... Doc Shaner, so it's absolutely beautiful. It has previous GHL guest, Doc Shaner. Uh, pre previous repeat GHL guest, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Doc Shaner. In fact, um, this is the first time since 1942 that Mary Marvel has ever had a solo series. Mm -hmm. And while I do think the story overall is good, I I wish they would let her change and grow a little bit. I wish they'd left her at university um, or never sent her away, like always let her be close to her. I don't know. I don't know what a better pitch would have done. I don't want to tell anyone how to write their book, but it felt like a bit of a just kidding uh, to a character who really hasn't had a lot of chance to cement a personality and a persona, much less evolve beyond it. But I will give kudos to DC because at least they are trying something with this character and they're trying to let her be different. Um, and I think if you look at comics, you can tell what's happening in the movies. I think the prominence of Mary finally getting her own series probably tells you something that you need to know about her standing in the larger DCEU. And that's your episode on Mary Marvel. Cool. Great job. Let's move into the recommended reading. Yes. Yeah, so I have three recommended readings for you. The first is the new champion of Shazam. Like I said, that's Mary's first solo series since 1942. Uh, I, I don't know what the math is on that, but it's more than 50 years. It's too many years. It's I am, almost 80. I am. It's like 80. Actually, it's 80 right now. 81. Yeah. I guess because it started last year, 80. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there you go. It only took her to be an octogenarian. Mm -hmm. uh, Shazam, a celebration of 75 years, even though that is ostensibly a Shazam book. What's really great about it is if you flip through it, they have a lot of key issues that highlight all the most interesting aspects of these characters. And you get a really clear evolution of the Shazamily from decade to get to decade in that collection. And then lastly, I'm going to recommend Shazam, the Monster Society of Evil by Jeff Smith, which we have a book club episode on. I love that book a lot because 
of Jeff Smith's cartoonist style. You really get to see Mary be tiny but mighty in those pages. And don't forget, you can check out all of those at geekishlesson.com slash recommended reading. We have the full list for every single episode. But speaking of things you can do, let's talk about the honor roll. What's that? Uh, if you go over to Apple Podcasts and you leave us a five-star review, we will read your review live on the air. So, Ashley, who is joining the honor roll for helping uh, promote us into Apple's algorithm, whether it exists or whether it doesn't exist, but we thank them for giving us a five-star review. We have two nice people joining us here in the Mind University today. First is Zula666, love the username, who says, truly exceptional. Two years ago, I decided to try out, quote, podcasts, unquote. I wasn't sure where to even start. So I just went to the search bar and typed in comic books. Immediately, GHL popped up, and I've been an avid fan ever since. Comic books aside, Ashley and Jason are exceptional hosts with natural camaraderie. The one thing I would suggest, however, is more Marvel content. Well, sorry. Uh, we just did four weeks of Marvel. We did Marvel. We did Marvel. <laughs> this is a uh, Mary Marvel. I love this is Marvel content. There you go. <laughs> I love DC as much as I do Marvel, but I wish this podcast dived a little more into the other half of the big two. You're going to love this episode. Exceptional podcast, exceptional host, exceptional, exceptional everything in between. Thanks for making my life a little better. Liam Willis. P.S. Ashley's an amazing host. Any of these reviews that say otherwise are just triggered by assertive women. Thank you, Liam. <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs> Thank you, Liam, for your sweet review. Uh, and they are also joined by Patrick Bramble, who says the best. Hey, Ashley and Jason. I've hey. Been, I've been listening to this podcast for years now since I was in middle school. Wow. I used to watch Jason on the DC Nation shorts, and I got introduced to Ashley through the podcast. I'm in my second year of university now. That makes me feel old. And it's always a joy to listen to the two of you talk about a topic I'm already aware of or one that I have no reference for. It's always my first stop when I need to learn about a new character, story, or period in comics. Thanks a bunch. P.S. I was lucky enough to run into Ashley at CTE2 last year. Oh, Patrick, I remember you. Uh, and there we talked about Nightwing Comics, the show, and I dropped how in working on trying to work in comics and draw for them, she wished me luck and parted ways. And since then, I've been working on sequentials for editors to look at. Oh, I remember you. We talked to an artist, Allie. Thank you so much for the well wishes. Thank you, Patrick. Keep us up to date on your comics. And thank you, Zula666, a.k.a. Liam Willis, for joining us here in the Teacher's Lounge. Jason, what's going on in there today? Well, there's actually nothing going on in the Teacher's Lounge today because everybody's been kidnapped because uh, we're going to ransom them against their parents. So yeah, sounds about right. I'm sorry. It's just the day you came in. There's just nothing. <laughs> there's a lot of scorch marks from lightning, mm. but there's nobody in there. So I'm sorry. Everybody's gone. They've been kidnapped. Okay. So uh, don't forget, everybody, who follow this podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, all the other places. Leave us a thumbs up, a five-star review, a follow over there. If you like this Mary Marvel episode, please tell your friends about this podcast. And Ashley, where can they find this podcast on social media? You can find us at geekhistorylesson.com, facebook.com slash geekhistorylesson, on Twitter at GHL Podcast, and on Instagram at geekhistorylesson. You can find Ashley on Instagram and Twitter at Ashley V. Robinson. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Jawin, J-A-W-I-I-N. And now it's time for the final part of our podcast where we stick through the plugs. It's stick around. Hashtag stick around. Ashley, what are we what are we closing out the show with on hashtag stick around? So we are closing out with a topic that we got from a couple of patrons, but Psycho Red, I think, put it best. Who said, if you could alter Mary Marvel's hero name, what would you change it to? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of Black Mary, which is one of her all. That's her Black Adam alter ego. She's Black Mary. I mean, I don't know. That's that's I, I appreciate I look, I appreciate the suggestion, but I will say like like these questions are so hard as off the top of your head. Okay, then like then, these are questions that you need time then to let like, me refine it for you. Yeah, would yeah, yeah. you take Mary out of her superhero name? Because we sort of earlier talked about the Jean Grey of it all. Like, do you think yeah. that Mary Marvel's yeah. name should be like a, a fake moniker all on its own? I mean, I more and more look, there was a there was a Captain Shazam. There was a Captain Marvel series that was part of the multiversity that Grant Morrison wrote. Mm -hmm. It's like a one shot. Right. And in that version, in one of the other alternate worlds of the multiverse, he was Underworld. called, he was called Captain Thunder. Yeah. And it was actually drawn by, we talked about Doc Shaner. That's right. Um, it's a, one of the best Shazam stories I've read in such a long time. And 
you know, I don't know. Ever since I've read that storyline, I know his name is Captain Marvel, but I've always kind of been like, I think their name should probably just be Captain Thunder. Mm. And maybe she should be Lady Thunder. Thunder but, Girl. But also, I kind of like the idea that I pitched earlier where I was like, well, shouldn't they just all have different ranks? Yeah. You know, like if he's Captain... Why isn't she, um, well, base, well, there's not much under captain besides lieutenant. Like, why isn't she Lieutenant Thunder or Lieutenant Marvel? But, well, then, but then I don't know what you would call the kids because, again, lieutenant is the bottom of the officer ranks. Recruit. Uh. You know, like, I mean, you're not going to call somebody like, you, you're not going to call them Sergeant Marvel because then that doesn't work. It well, seems like it's higher. Here's the other thing. Um, Chief Petty Officer Marvel. <laughs> the other thing about that is you will have writers give somebody an arbitrary promotion. Yes. Over someone. Like, then you'll have. Lieutenant Commander Marvel. I feel like right now. <laughs> Commodore in, Marvel. In the balance of the Shazamily, it's Mary and Billy vying for. For top spot yeah but i feel like if you do the ranking system which i don't think is a horrible idea i really I, don't I only you'll have because he's captain marvel you'll yeah. have freddie and mary fighting for the same spot top dog i think and mary should be over Freddie. i think so yeah. mm -hmm. i think it goes billy mary freddie mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. i m o i j s i don't know i i do agree that mary should probably be out of her code name yeah. But I also understand the alliteration. Like Mary Marvel it's, is kind of a is, cute little name. It is satisfying. Um, if, 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 if they had simply committed to her being in university, I would have suggested just calling her Shazam and have her be based in a different city. I don't know where Vassar is. I'm very sorry. Um, have her be based there. And then there's also a Shazam in, I believe they're in Philadelphia. Um, Cause I don't think there's any Fawcett city in the DCU right now. Um, why not? There's three flashes. Yeah. Why not just have them all be Shazams? Yeah, it's whatever. There you go. Yeah. It'll only get confusing on like those Justice League Zoom calls. You know? Like it's going to be any more confusing than it already has been Captain Marvel-ness. Captain, Sh Captain Shazam Thunder. Captain Shazam Lee. the Thunder-ness person. Yeah. It's already convoluted. Great. It's already wild. They should just be in their own universe. Yeah. It's as simple a solution. Yeah. Yep. And that's it for this. We should be in our own universe. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. This has been Geek History Lesson. I am Jason Tallyho Inman. I am Ashley Victoria Robinson. And Professor Jason, would you please dismiss the class? Well, this, is, this is your lesson. You should dismiss the class. Well, I I, I throw we, the responsibility on you. Will you dismiss the class, uh, our own uh, um, Ashley Marvel? Will you dismiss the class with your best sane line reading of Shazam to call down the powers of the wizard. Okay, sure. I'm going to lean right. away from my microphone. Yes, yes. Shazam!